0: That's just you. You might have a future in like you know voice acting for <laughs> late night television commercials.
1: That is my future, and you've just <laughs> cracked it. I, I didn't it's... want to tell anyone yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
1: Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. Gordon!
0: They will count it. Jamal Murray taking him to the schoolyard. Jokic has to put it up. Falling away, puts it up. Bang! Nikola Jokic! Knocks it! It's over! After 47
1: years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. Y'all want to do it again? Let's do this! Let's do
0: this! dynasty i guess we'll never know welcome everybody to the denver stiffs show it is your site manager with denver stiffs zach nikosh and i am very pleased to tell you that tonight i have quite the special guest none other than the king of thornton himself it is jeff morton jeff how the heck are you
1: i am great how are you doing man
0: I am, well, like we were talking a little bit right before the show, I am busy um, mm-hmm. with, with getting Denver Stiffs back up in, to its glory, um, but I'm good. I'm, it's, it's a labor of love.
1: Well, you're doing a good job, dude. I, I mean, look, I, I, I fully support anyone who, try, who takes on the mantle of, uh, of, of Stiffs, and um, you and I have uh, a connection in that I'm the one who brought you into the fold.
0: So. you did <laughs> even though with the the probably lowest bar application that I could give you uh, you impressed me with, your,
1: with your uh, with your advanced writing skills that you, so uh,
0: with my mortgage disclosures Listen. <laughs> it's great that that type of coverage nobody has given that to you right now okay so
1: <laughs> but you did a great job in fact uh, you were one of the first people uh, of people that we intended to bring on before the big change and uh, uh by the big change i mean nate timmons leaving and yep. i my favorite story my favorite story it's too bad gordon isn't with us tonight because my favorite story is nate timmons bringing on gordon and then leaving
0: <laughs> immediately right like, i'm out of here <laughs> Gordon's like, good he's luck gone. he left that was uh that, yeah that was an interesting year. I remember walking to that Stiffel blueza, and you guys hadn't even even offered me a a job or anything like that and I, and I used I use the word job very loosely. Uh oh. but they uh I just remember going to the like Stiffel where where's where we, we plan all the stuff for the year and just thinking it was like I was going there for an interview and then like you know about like fifteen minutes into this I'm like all right well they're either just like filling me in on a lot of stuff or I guess I'm gonna be part of this writing staff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, oh my God! I had a. I remember going to that meeting because Nate, uh, you had. I mean, you have no idea. I always tell people but you people have no idea how much in crisis Andy and I were <laughs> when when Nate left. We we had made this decision to bring on some other people, and, and then Nate took this B- BSN Denver job, and w- Andy and I looked at each other. and was like we can't do this. And we need someone who can run the site. So funny thing is uh, the guy who didn't realize that he was going to be <laughs> the site editor, Andy and I went, we are going to be the proprietors of this site. You run it. Um, like <laughs> you, you manage this herd. And by that point, the staff was bigger than it ever had been.
0: Yeah, I remember that was, uh, Boy, we were probably like eight or so strong at that. Uh... That's the blues. yeah. I, I always, we always joke uh, with with Adam about like, you know, he probably got the job because he was the only one who showed up with any notes. So we're all <laughs> like, you know, you guys must be like, that that guy, he's.
1: We Andy and I, and this is funny. Adam doesn't know this, and if he listens to this, he'll be finding this out for the first time. Um, we Andy and I met outside uh, Andy's office uh, in the hallway, <laughs> and he says. So what are going to? Let's just give it to Evan, Adam, Adam, and he says you and I could just just write occasional articles and be you know the people who are the grand pupas of the site, but Adam will do the do all the big you know moving and shaking, and you we'll and do I do the work. You <laughs> and I will just collect the glory. And uh, he goes done. So we talked to Seth Pollock, who was the guy who ran SB Nation basketball at the time, and we were like, there you go. This is this is what we're going to do. And Seth was like okay <laughs> <laughs> so that was it was a plan it was like a nefarious plan that and uh, that uh, andy and i had and then adam looked like he was a deer in headlights for about 10 minutes <laughs> yeah that was
0: uh those were the wild wild days and you know hey uh maybe not not all that much has changed honestly on the end of it as we're as we're rebuilding us uh, as the staff right now it's pretty much been like hey you want to start like next week let's do this well yeah
1: but you know like i gotta tell you i gotta give you a compliment because uh and i'm sure you're this is why you had me on Um, absolutely <laughs> i was like i told uh you know we're trying to get this thing back into shape and i'm not really part of it I'm the the grand advisor, and I I was like, you know, Zach Mikesh is the the one that I'm, one first person that comes to mind here, and I think that he would do a great job with Denver Steps, and that was literally my thought on this, and I can't think of a more natural fit, specifically since Andy and I are basically the people who wallow in nostalgia, and we needed a fellow Nostalgia baller
0: <laughs> who would do the work?
1: Who would do the work? yeah
0: <laughs> you guys are like, i know I know just the sucker for this job
1: <laughs> yes he's he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it, and I knew it, and it's it's great and i and I really appreciate this because it's it's just like it feels like right to me,
0: it I feels agree right. Yeah, it was uh, when when I was you know first asked, hey, would this be something you might be interested in? Um, I took I took a moment to think about it for sure, took a night, um, but that was what it came back to. It was like it feels right. It feels like this is this is something I you know I've I've not I've taken I've stepped away from Stiffs a couple times um, for various reasons, but uh, you know the last time I was was 100% based on I was like I'm not gonna be here when when vox media we find out on twitter that vox media just laid us all off uh mm-hmm. and so with you know with with that in actually happening of course um mm-hmm. and then and then the site now for the first time in you know first time in forever uh being back to locally owned and operated uh, it it mm-hmm. was just yeah, I felt like it was it was the perfect time to come back. And that was that I think is maybe maybe the thing I'm most excited about moving forward with Stiffs is it's there's no more like this, you know, the like Vox Vox Media is like the, the gloom of the you know, of the the Empire or something hanging over you, uh, waiting for for it all to come crashing down. And to not have that anymore um is is probably the best. Uh, probably, I think people will come to find one, one of the best things that's happened to this site. Um, oh yeah, in a long time.
1: I I, I dude I've got I got box stories. I have got.
0: I've got box stories. I have. All right, let's. I mean, <laughs> would you? Would you? Any that you would want to share here on the Denver Stiff show? Now that like, now that we can like burn Vox to the ground and you know.
1: Yeah, let me try to think of a good one because there's so many. Um they didn't have my back. Okay. Here's a, here's a, here's a good story. I uh, wrote an article. I forget when it was, but I mentioned the, um. that this must've been shortly before I left. So this must've been about January,
0: 2017.
1: and I wrote an article about how there, there was this perception. No, no, no. It was the year before. And there was this perception of the Nuggets um, in the second Tim Connelly year. So it'd be 14, 15. And uh, there was that article that came out right at the beginning of the year. You remember that one? The one that Kevin Arnovitz wrote about uh, in ESPN. Uh, the, uh, the old hit piece. Hit
0: yep. piece, hit piece right? yep.
1: And obviously I knew who all the sources were because I could tell by the, the way people talk. Um, and I know a lot of the people. And I'm like, oh, God. So I kind of included that article in there as an example of the way Tim Connolly was being raked over the coals un, unfairly at that time. And uh, I get an email from Kevin Arnovitz himself. It's oh. saying like, Oh, you, you got to understand something. Um, oh, you got to give me the opportunity to respond to this article for, you know, and I was like, I just mentioned you briefly. And in, in this thing, and I, I'm like, I, I didn't apologize. I, said, I just mentioned you, and, and this wasn't—it wasn't. I wouldn't call it malicious. It wasn't flattering, but it wasn't malicious because it wasn't his piece. I didn't call it, but it you know. It was. And uh, then I get an email from uh, one of the management uh, lecturing me about not doing that. And I said, "So, did you stand up for me at all?" And I—I I got a no. And I said, "Oh, okay, this is how it's going to be." So I went ahead and sent the email I got from that particular person, uh, from Kevin Arvitz, to uh, uh, the people in the Nuggets front office. <laughs> I said, "Look, look at, look at what they said." And they went, "Oh, wow, <laughs> that's that's a." Uh, he said they because they, they were. I mean, it took it took the Nuggets a long time to. Warm up the ESPN after that article came out.
0: I don't it. doubt it.
1: it it was it was it was a total total hit piece. and Kevin arnovitz just completely left writing. Uh, he he's he's like writing screenplays now or something like that. And uh, I was like, so I'm not worried about him listening to this and getting angry at me. And it was just amazing, but I, the the thing about Vox was that they didn't have my back just completely did not have my back in that at all didn't didn't even try and i think it was because kevin arnovitz started at uh, the
0: clippers blog oh okay the old <laughs> the eclipse uh what was it called clips nation two and three hoops i think or something like that or i don't remember yeah they they or no that was you right two and three hoops is what they became after uh all the all the writers who were there after they got axed back when um uh, vox you know back back when california was like hey you're actually gonna have to pay these people a fair wage and they're like yeah no, we'll just fire them instead
1: Oh, my God. Oh my God! When, okay, let me let me let me throw this out there to people who don't understand. When I uh, first started at uh, Denver Stiffs, um, I wasn't paid. And then, when I was paid, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty five bucks a month. Big money. And it remained that way for years.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say when I when I when I started I didn't get paid and then it was like twenty five bucks a month until uh yeah, what it, it must have been. They they did finally make a change and realized, okay, we like this is uh, you know, basically um indentured servitude and they 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 kind of changed it up to where you know you got like a pittance like an actual pittance instead of a pittance of a pittance right. um but it was even still but that but that was when the whole concept of post quotas uh was introduced and you know if you weren't you know for me i think um at the when i left there it was i had to make five posts a week uh you know and i mean i was getting paid probably around like Oh, I don't know. I think it was like right around like 500 bucks a month. So it was definitely better. Um, but when you think about it, you know, to make it to write a good piece of content, whether it's with an article or a podcast or whatever it is, you know, you, you probably are at least spending two hours on that, at least. Uh, so when you start to rack it up, if that's five pieces of content a week, you know, now you're uh, 10 hours a week, is 40 hours a week, 400 bucks. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's like basically just they got us up to basically minimum wage um to do it and and i was one of the best paid people on staff because i had been there at that time uh one of the longest so um a lot of people out there were not getting paid anywhere close to that you know and that's that's unfortunately the that that's not exclusive to vox by any means like that's um mm-hmm. the unfortunate side of sports media and and this 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 game that we're in but uh but vox took it to an extreme i mean they uh, like, like I said, I mean, when, when, when it came down to like, Hey, in California passed the bill that made it a law that now, if these people are going to be writing sports content for your sports media company, like they have to be employees, like the decision was not like, okay, we're going to bite the ball and make it employees. It's like, okay, here comes, we're just going to lay off literally everybody. And not even the thing that was funny is too, is I remember people who didn't even live in California but wrote for the California blogs they still got laid off too even though it didn't re- apply to them because uh <laughs> I I don't know, I mean blogs it was just going to be like too much too difficult for them to turn work through all the logistics of that it was just easier to fire everybody uh and then hire like one person to write for all the blogs
1: oh my god and then they were shamed into it they were shamed into it by dead spin to pay people Never
0: exactly. That. Yes. Yep. You're 100% right. it was right. after
1: I left. It was after I left. I, it was like 2000,
0: late 2017 or early 2018. Yeah, like it feels like it was like 2018 was the year that they we I got the the email that I was like, oh wow, and I was like so happy. I was like, oh my god, I might make like a thousand dollars this year off of blogging.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a, one of those. It's one of those things like the pay thing is whatever, but I'll never forget being told repeatedly. Well, especially because uh, Denver Stiss is one of the first credentialed um, blogs in the network. We were like, Blazer's Edge was definitely the first one. And then I think there was one other, but Denver Stiss is one of the first. And uh, that was all due to the hard work of Nate Timmons. And I'll never forget Andy, Nate, and I, you know, 2014 or so you know I'd been there five years by that point Nate and Andy had been been there uh, five, uh, six years and it's just we had, it had just become like we're working our asses off and we're doing all this stuff with like getting credentialed and, and and worked our butts off to get credentialed and we're doing a podcast CSG podcast on there and or as it was known then Colorado Sports Guys and uh, we are just did all this work, and we contacted them, and uh, the are uh, their answer to us is, well, we would rather you be a fan site. <laughs> Our goal was never to have you credentialed, and crazy. that was their way of saying we ain't gonna pay you.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Emphasis on the word fan. Yes,
1: yes, one hundred percent. And it is what it is. So I'm so glad that Stiffs is not part of that. And and you know, it stiffs started out as I mean, did you did you comment on pickaxe and roll?
0: No, I was uh I was true to stiffs from, from the beginning. So but I was I was there before it was part of SB Nation or anything like that, back when it was just Andy on a Google blog. Um in the fire fire you George Carl days. <laughs> yeah, yep,
1: exactly. You and me both, me you the know, J Page seventy
0: eight and I uh,
1: commented also on pickaxe and roll, Jeremy Wagner's old place. Do you remember running donut? I do. Yes, Charlie. Charlie Yao. I do. Yeah. Char Charlie was a good writer, and I'll never forget when the changeover was made. He stopped commenting a couple of, like shortly after there well, thereafter, and went to Grand uh, Ball Mining Company. Mm-hmm. And started writing there and it was him jeremy wagner and i think joel rush that sounds right yep and and now i was like god and i thought i was thinking about it a couple days ago and i'm like god it's changed it's it's (laughs) like it is just so different we used to get cease and desist emails from the denver post for aggregating their articles
0: (laughs) so funny well, that may, I mean, maybe Denver Denver Post saw what was coming, what was on the horizon, right? There, back back then, there was uh, Chris Dempsey had he was had the uh, media room all to himself, probably. Uh, well,
1: this was Hawkman. And...
0: Oh, that, that's true. Yeah, man, wow, that's that was way back. Good old yeah. Benjamin Hawkman. Man, I miss Ben. He was a good writer.
1: Ben Hawkman, who I, I, I I've been friends with for a long time, and I there's some there's a there's a I can't tell that on this. I mean, one of these one of these days I'll be able to tell the story about the 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 Nuggets uh, fan get together thing they did at this place called the Big Game, which no longer exists, but it was downtown, and uh, this was pre Mellow trade, and Masai Ujiri was there, George Car- the entire team was there, and I have some tremendous interactions with Chauncey Billups and kenyon martin and uh all of these guys that were there and this was about a month two months before the trade so it's probably december of 2010 okay and uh, it was amazing but ben hawkman was there and this was shortly after he had that video of him running down the hall remember that yep yep classic <laughs> and his his go-to joke not mine folks because uh Ben is half Jewish, he would say it, it's Jews saying bolt it's what he called himself. And I went, I can't <laughs> I said, why why are you <laughs> I said it's insensitive joke to yourself, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Good old Ben. Yeah, well Ben. Ben's uh Ben tried I think Ben wanted to do stand up. Yeah. Yeah, he went. He went to stand up, and then he—I don't know if he ever did. But he's now he's in back in his hometown.
0: How's like, he like doing the Cardinals beat right?
1: Yep, doing Cardinals and uh, St.
0: Louis Blues. That must be nice to cover a baseball team that actually tries to win. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there. Um, yeah, man, those were. It is funny when you when you bring that up, like how different it was because I was thinking about this the other way day too and, and I thought about this a lot in terms of when it came back to what what do we want stiffs to look like moving forward you know and it's like man there are so many people um on the beat and and the fact that you know now stiffs is, is part of the mile high sports network like i'm I'm not going to try to compete with Ryan Blackburn. like I'm not going to try and outwork that guy on the beat. that's not that's a that's a losing proposition for me. I already know uh, knowing how hard he works and and you know getting a chance to work with him side by side for so long. and and it was like there there's already you know back when when Denver stiffs uh, really started. Uh, I remember what really got me, what really made it my site and the site that I was always going to go to was, you know, I was starving for nuggets coverage and I'd be looking mm-hmm. on ESPN.com, looking on the nuggets page to see like, Hey, is any, is there any news? Is anything posted? Like, wh- maybe something's happened. I don't know. Like if they've posted it yet. And it really it occurred to me, it was like, I should just go check out Denver stiffs because if anything's happened, they'll be writing about it over there. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, I can get that coverage and nobody else was doing it. Like there was no other site that was like that where you could where you could say, hey, if something's happened, even the minor, the most minor thing, Denver, you know, this, this site will have the Denver Nuggets uh, news. This was really the only one doing that on a day in day out basis. Nowadays, like there's, man, there's like a dozen people doing that and, and in all different forms of media, whether it's you know, writing, blogging, vlogging, uh, you know, we still got we still got Denver Post on the beat. I mean, Altitude TV with Katie Wingie and Vic Lombardi and Chris Dempsey, all the all that they do. Uh, everybody uh, just across the entire uh, coverage sphere of the Nuggets, it's it's such a bigger room now than it is, and it makes me wonder where's it going to go from here because it grew during a time that, frankly for a big portion of it, the Nuggets were not a very good basketball team, right? Like the Brian Shaw era is when this really started to, uh, this bigger media coverage really started to uh, become something more than, you know, just some people, just a couple of individual guys doing a website. And they were, by the time this team had got to where they are now, like there's these full out, like, you know, local media outlets, uh, like Mile High Sports, like DNVR, these places that are covering the the team day in day out have dedicated multiple dedicated resources to it. And what happens next in the coming decades? Now that they're a NBA championship team and and a team that you know looks like could be winning multiple championships going forward, you think about the coverage of the Golden State Warriors and how much that changed once everybody realized that it was a dynasty. You know, I mean, ESPN had dedicated uh right do you think jeff will espn give, give us a dedicated denver nuggets writer uh, if and if they do how many championships will that take
1: uh, no well first of all no uh, <laughs> I, I don't yeah, think that's... i think, well they they've got om young muzo on the nuggets but i'll give him credit he, he he when he tries to get out to denver his primary beat is the clippers so it's kind of like it's it's kind of like still half-assed, and 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 ESPN's yeah. coverage in the playoffs was so half-assed. They did not expect the Nuggets to get to where they were, and you could tell they were caught by surprise, sure. by surprise. And it was um I I you know I kind of wish that the NBA in two thousand one didn't decide to go all in with ESPN, and then when they finally uh, went ESPN, ABC in 2003, when their, one of their biggest mistakes was going all in. They 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 put all their eggs in ESPN's basket. And one of the things that the NFL does, which I think is one of the keys to their success, is that they um, have not just key, their you know uh, ESPN that they got ABC. NBC CBS uh now Amazon um and but they're box, all they're right, the whole box, box. there's out all over it's not just one thing the coverage of the, the nuggets was so subpar and it really the i mean you could I'd actually be curious to know your thoughts on this cuz you weren't uh uh covering the team around the time that the mvp race was happening and ridiculousness that was happening. That is when I started being like, these people have no clue how to cover Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. They have no clue. They have spent no time thinking about it. They don't know. And so they've defaulted to um what I would say as abhorrent coverage. And I think then they decided that is how they're going to drive clicks because they've decided that the Nuggets are boring and they've decided that Nikola Jokic is boring. And it bit them in the ass. And there was some satisfaction I took when the Nuggets beat the Lakers, of ESPN having to eat some crow.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think, um, yeah, I mean the uh, all of us who are who are diehard Nuggets fans, right, who have been around this team, especially the ones that I think not not to gatekeep anyone, because that's not what I want to do, but um, mm-hmm. those of us who are around for those '90s teams, for Mick Nichols Arena, who remember what what fandom and and the appetite for the nuggets was uh, at that time, to then see it you know both fall off not only immediate coverage, uh, but the team was also god awful in the late '90s and, and very early 2000s until Melo got here. Um, but then once you know, th- like I said, I mean uh, that's why I came to sis was just because nobody was covering this team. Uh, once they started having good teams, it's like they were forgotten about. And, and you're right, it, it coincides exactly with that time frame of uh, the NBA and and their deals with with ESPN and with ABC and and kind of going full in on, full in on that. Uh, that network and their what they thought, thought was entertainment and brought, uh, brought eyes to, their, to the screens for their shows. Uh, it, it never really got better from a national perspective. We talked obviously a lot about uh, on a local perspective, it got incredible. But uh, from a national perspective, you're right, it never got better. And it was highlighted by the MVP race. I'll tell you this, I was very happy to not be covering the team. Uh, during the whole MVP race, just because I didn't want to have to deal with Sixers fans on Twitter. Like I, that was, you know, my biggest reservation about taking this job was like, man, we got Lakers opening night. Like, Oh God. What what a miserable Mm -hmm. night on Twitter. That will be unless they, they, they crush them. Then it'll be great. But, um, (laughs) you know, so like the whole, the whole coverage thing I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the whole, the comments that were made about Nicola that were, um, Clearly, clearly made as uh, for shock value. I mean, I'll say this. I don't, I don't even think half of the things that Kendrick Perkins says on TV, he actually believes, but that's what ESPN is, right? It's an entertainment network. They, I mean, I, I know for a fact, and granted he doesn't, he doesn't work on ESPN anymore, but it was what made him famous. I know for a fact, uh, Skip Bayless has told, you know, athletes on, uh, not on when he's on air, but, you know, off to the side has told them like, Hey, don't. Like what I say on TV isn't really what I truly believe. That's the that's the character uh, that I play. And and you're right, the Nuggets don't the like listen the the super like uh, plotting uh, Serbian looking guy who's not as, as Coach Malone said can't jump over a Sunday paper. Like that's not exactly when you think of classical NBA characters that's not who you think of as like, this is an entertaining guy that you think of as a stiff, right? Like this is Nicole Jokic. Uh, I mean, Nicole Jokic is, is, greatness would probably transcend any era, but it, it does. Is Nicole Jokic ever become what he becomes back? If he's a center in the nineties, like, I don't know, because like that's that there were so many big Euro guys who were like that who were fundamentally sound, but not necessarily athletically, uh gifted that basically just got passed over or basically were just looked at as like hey we'll put this guy down at the end of the bench maybe he'll come in and grab some rebounds for us every now and again uh and basically like instantaneously were considered draft busts and i mean you know nuggets are right in that with nicholas skidishvili and then get darko milch and all that and, and despite the fact that you had the Dirk Nowitzki's and you had the, uh, you know, the Drazen Petrovic's, the Arvita Savonis's, you had these great European players come over here. That stigma of a Euro kind of being like uh, the, the fundamental slower European guy being just like not a very good NBA player stuck, has stuck throughout the whole way, really until, until Jokic came along. And, and then he's taken it to such a level. That, that you're absolutely right. Like, they they got caught with their pants down. They 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 are still stuck in that mindset that the best basketball players are the ones who run the fastest and jump the highest. And Jokic, it never occurred to them that, that a guy like Jokic could actually be who we talk about today as the best basketball player on earth. Like, they've always considered who's the next LeBron, right? And who's the next Michael? Who's the next Kobe? No one ever, ever mm-hmm. would have thought, like, that guy's going to be a seven foot Serbian guy who doesn't really jump very high and just beats you with his mind more than anything.
1: You know, and it's, it's interesting to me because I, 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 I have gone through stages of guilt. My dad worked at the Rocky mountain news for 35 years. And I always felt really guilty for getting involved with something that would, that, that, kind of began destroying the newspaper business and as far as of you know obviously the physical uh copies of it and a lot of it was that the, the, the newspapers didn't see the future like they should have no. and sure. uh got caught with their pants down but no. my one of my big things was i i looked at the denver denver nuggets especially when like locally when the rocky mountain news went out of business in 2009 coverage changed and one of the reasons i liked having stiffs was that it, at least it gave us something because the post really stopped devoting inches in their in in their paper to the nuggets who so was getting smaller and smaller and smaller and this is when yep. their Western Conference Finals team, air thing was going. When well, you extrapolate that out nationally, um, ESPN's never given a shit about anything going on in Denver other than the Broncos. And I think that that part has, I think, hurt overall coverage. I mean, look at look at what's happened with the. Uh, with uh, by the way, um, so people who are listening to this, I'm sorry, I don't. Can, I don't just old man grouse all the time. It's just mostly what I do.
0: <laughs> just mostly. Um,
1: <laughs> but, uh, they, I look at the athletic and look at the fact that they haven't had a Nuggets beat writer since since Ken uh what was it? Kendra Andrews was Kendra here Andrews, she left, yeah. in, left in January of t- 2021.
0: That was like back when I was covering the team last time. Yeah, I, it's been a bit for sure. No
1: one. Then, and then they made the decision a couple of weeks ago to completely drop beat reporters um, for teams in things that aren't football. And it's like, God, I mean, that, that makes coverage all that more frustrating, but coverage much, all
0: that more um,
1: appealing to the lowest common denominator, which is something that I really detest as someone who grew up as a dad in the news business it i I detest it i it it bugs the crap out of me and you know i remember there was this thing that i used to write i used to get frustrated andy and i uh old time and i don't know how many people are blessed so anyone who's listening to this right now comment i will read the comments comment below if you remember j page 78 i i weekly optimism to, to know if you do if we asked, I would write Weekly Optimism because Andy pissed me off.
0: Yeah, because and Andy so, was the pessimist. <laughs> oh, so, how the times have changed.
1: Not, <laughs> I am not a I'm not an optimist, but he pissed me off so much that I had to write a column just to just to say, show you, Andy, and all that stuff. And that sort of thing fostered this, this amazing community mm-hmm. that that i think that you and i have been a part of i mean i i mean like when i look at you you were zach m two one nine two one nine and i i remember uh you uh, uh, chad Macalena um uh throw it down big man throw it down Ray, who is who is carl be,
0: sucks carl sucks
1: <laughs> <laughs> Carl like <laughs> he changed it to then he changed it to cancer sucks and <laughs> when george carl had cancer and then he changed it to throw it down it down big man throw it down. but there are so many people who i remember who was part of this community and it's kind of like what what i enjoy and that's really and the to make a long story short too late um i i, I that's the part of the thing that it's not necessarily media but i do enjoy i do enjoy the community aspect of it and let me throw this out here Zach, I'm, I'm directing your podcast, I apologize. Um okay. but uh, but I yeah, I'm wondering if you're the same with me, as me and the old timers on Denver Stiffs who were listening to this, I want you to I want you to answer this question too. When the when the Nuggets beat the Lakers, it was amazing. But did it make the finals an anti climax
0: a little bit for you? Oh hundred percent. Oh yeah, I think though the, the other part that goes into that though was like, yeah, for me at least it was like, yeah, they're definitely gonna beat Miami. Like it might if if it had been the Celtics, like maybe it would have been a bit more or a little bit less anticlimactic.
1: Right, right. It was it obviously it was the Heat, and uh, it, it it was it was. Like I, they went into the finals, and I'm like, i was just so anticlimactic. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they beat the 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 big bad. They beat the, right. they slayed the dragon, and it's like, oh my god. Because Andy and I devoted so much <laughs> time to talking about how the Lakers suck, or they they, they not suck, but they they it's how what they have done to the Nuggets. Right. And having to experience finally vanquishing that, it, that was more important to me. Than the title, I'll be honest with you. That thing was like they stepped over. They achieved something that I never thought they would do. Very specifically, beating the L.A. Lakers in the Western Conference Finals to get to the finals, where we all knew they would beat the Heat.
0: You right. Know? Well. That was kind of that because that's kind of been the hump uh, for I mean, that's the only team I believe that. they've. Yeah, it's the only team they've ever played. I don't know. You might have been a team in the Western Conference Finals way back in the late 70s or something back. Otherwise, I mean, for as far as I can remember, the, the only team they've ever played in the Western Conference Finals has been the Lakers. Um, and I can think at least of the ones because I was I was definitely way too young. I mean, I was like a baby when they um, when Alex English got hurt against the Lakers back in 85 uh, but so so the mellow the 009 Lakers uh, Western Conference Finals, right they they lose to them and Lakers go on and I believe sweep Orlando. Uh, and I think if you ask every nuggets fan in the grand we're all bias, but if you ask every single one of us, like we believe without a doubt had the Nuggets been able to beat the Lakers uh, in that Western conference final that they would have pretty much done about the same and you know handled uh, Orlando pretty easily. Same thing with the bubble Western Conference Finals. They play, LA beats the Nuggets and goes on to play a Heat team that's really not that different than the team that uh, the Nuggets just handled this year. So, you know, you look at losing to the, at least the past two, uh, losing to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, it feels like you were robbed of two championships, and it feels like both of those cases, had you been able to get over the Lakers hump, it would have been you know, it really, basically a done deal in the finals. It would have been anticlimactic in those finals too. So it, to get past them finally in 2023, knowing that the Heat were coming next, um, you know, it, it kind of, like I said, it kind of felt like that almost was the championship uh, right then and there. And, and to mm-hmm. be that team, and then to know that, and to, to sweep them like that, that that makes it extra special because the Nuggets have never swept anybody oh, before. Man. So to to beat the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals and have that be the very first sweep uh of your of your franchise history like that's you can't you can't ride it better than that basically
1: the highlights i go back and watch uh, most consistently fully highlights in game four which i think is the best game he's ever played I'll be, I'll be honest with you i think if you combine it would not statistically but if you combine the moment of it and the shots he was hitting down the stretch and the the passes he was making and just the, the sheer presence and we are not going to lose that he had and doing that to LeBron James. I, I don't, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in a of Nug- anyone in a Nuggets uniform, everything. Like yeah. to, to be able to stare down the Lakers in LA. That is fucking
0: amazing. That is uh that's something Carmelo Anthony could never, def- definitely never did for us. And I know it's like, you know, it was a guy like you always wanted to, like that was one of my biggest things about Melo is he never, seem to be able to kick it to that next gear when the moment uh, arrives. Whereas Jokic, you know, there's, we've been seeing that now for a few years uh, where he would take, he started start to figure out, hey, like, you know, there'd be games in the fourth quarter. You'd just be like, all right, like these guys can't, we're we're up by two points. You know, there's four minutes left. These guys can't guard me. I'm just going to get the ball every time I'm down and I'll make sure we win this game. So to see him then elevate that level uh, to to the Western Conference Finals against Lakers against against LeBron James, who had a fantastic first half, you know, and then okay. basically left all put put everything he had in the first half and had nothing left for the second, you know that to see that really was the ascension of like okay, we should probably start talking about this Jokic guy as as the best player on earth because mm-hmm. look what he just did against the guy that a lot of people still think is the best player on earth. So yeah, it's absolutely. Um, it's special, and it's uh, and it, you know, it'll always be special in that that series and that that entire run. Um,
1: one of the best. Oh yeah. Best oh some Great of games. games. Just, just great games. I love one of my favorite games is Michael Porter Jr.'s third quarter in Game Five. Mm-hmm. Um, how he was just like he he hadn't hit a shot all series, and he's just struggling from there. But the kid is just doesn't know what he doesn't know, and he's just willing himself to having a good game in that third quarter. And to be quite honest with you, MPJ doesn't. I think he had nine points in the third quarter and like three assists and a bunch of rebounds. If he doesn't have that quarter, I'm not even sure. I'm sure the series goes six. Yeah. Because no, I don't the Nuggets, the Nuggets were hitting nothing in that yeah. game. They could not buy a shot. And suddenly he starts making some, and I think that kind of got them through. And that's another one of my favorite things from watching this. You know what? It's good. It's good that we have this. You know, I, I'm I'm sick of watching highlights of a 2009 Western Conference Finals that ended it in six games, and Nuggets didn't show up in game
0: six. You know. Oh yeah, no. That's uh, that's also been a theme of of the Nuggets playing the Lakers throughout their history too. Is the elimination games they basically just uh, rolled over and died, uh, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty pathetically. Um. All right. Well, I do want to talk to you about a little bit about uh, actual this season's Nuggets. Um, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shift our gears here for a little bit. I uh. We got our first preseason action there on a Monday. was it Monday. Yeah, what day? no Tuesday. It was Tuesday. First preseason action on Tuesday <laughs> uh, against the Sunday. Obviously the big, the big story there was Julian Strother, his 20 points. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you think, Jeff? Do you think, I mean, cause uh, at least based off of what I saw is so based off of, okay, Michael Porter jr. Was out. Christian Brown was out as well. Um, that resulted in Justin Holliday in the starting lineup we'll see how that goes uh so you would assume Justin Holiday obviously will be a starter once Michael Porter Jr is back but that would probably mean he's in the rotation uh as your one of your wings off the bench and then you know Christian Brown you know is obviously going to be another wing off the bench for you as well so those are probably your two wings we saw Reggie Jackson um He's clearly your, your point guard off the bench. And then Zeke Najee, it looked like, was, was the big who got the most minutes off the bench, at least immediately. Um, interestingly, Hunter Tyson, I believe, was the first guy after the, that group to, to get minutes. But it was Julian Strother who yeah. showed out. Do you think, I mean, do you think, or how long does is it going to take for Julian to push? I, I mean, I would assume it's Justin Holliday, and that's because that's the position he would play at uh to push Justin for those those minutes in and crack Michael Malone's rotation.
1: Well I think there's almost a I they they don't really have a choice aspect to this because uh, the Nuggets are, are gonna be offensively challenged in the second unit. And if Julian sure. Strother can
0: and not just just provide offensively, that. But like mm-hmm. shooting specifically.
1: Yes. Yes. And i mean look i anyone who has listened to csg knows that i am skeptical of the nuggets approach this offseason I, I, I don't like the, the the over-reliance on youth i am old school i want them to repeat badly i i i, I like i want this to be a true dynasty and i i, I just like in the back of my mind i'm like that's yes. so much youth i mean they have five guaranteed contracts for first and second year players on this team. And that just boggled my mind. And potential sixth one I call Colin Gillespie. So I'm like, what? I just didn't I didn't I just wasn't all in on that. And last night with Strother specifically, I don't necessarily I think the Hunter Tyson thing was good for the summer league. I'm going to be uh a wait and see on, on the, uh, if he can get in on the regular season and stuff like that. But I will say that Julian Strother looks like an NBA player to me. Agreed. And, and I don't normally like overreacting to preseason games, but Agreed. I do. I was encouraged by him looking like he belonged on the court. And therefore, that extrapol- that. That not terribly, but it, it that lent itself to absolutely everything else that was happening, and I think that was was the most encouraging aspect for me is that he didn't look like he did, and I think everything else is icing on the cake. After that, he had to hit some nice shots, uh, some threes that are desperately needed, um, and I think particularly in the second unit. So I think it's good start it's good start to build on and i'm i'm thinking you know maybe as far as cracking michael malone's rotation i don't think malone has a choice he's gonna have to play one of the young guys and uh he's gonna have to pick among those guys and i think julian strother made a made a good uh case for himself last night
0: yeah absolutely i mean he's um he, he, he couldn't really have played it better than he did. And I didn't really like the point that you bring up about how he looked like he belonged. a lot. Cause you know, you hear a guy like, Hey, he scored 20 points in a preseason game and you know, Julian did most of his damage in the second half. So you hear a guy scores 20 points, mostly in the second half of a preseason game. You, you kind of almost have to take it with a grain of salt if you didn't watch it. Cause you're like, okay, well was he just chucking shots at the end of a, you know, a game that doesn't count and, it uh, got hot and wasn't really playing with the flow of the game. And, like, that wasn't the case with Strother at all. There was nothing he did felt forced. Everything happened within the flow of the offense. And he just flat out knocked down his shots. And, you know, and sometimes he's not going to knock mm-hmm. down his shots. He's he's going to miss sometimes. But I think as long as he's, you know, we know he can shoot. It's That's why he, they picked him. That was one of the biggest Things he had going for him coming out of college. As long as he's playing within the flow of the game, when he, especially when he's on the court with Jokic, I mean, yo, if he's if he's in the right spot and then he's the right play, like Jokic will find him the ball, and and all he's got to do is just knock that shot down. So if that, I think to me, is the most encouraging thing about what, seeing what he did. It's not necessarily like, oh my gosh, he scored 20 points, he hit four threes. It's like, hey, he got hot. And because he was playing within the flow of this offense, because he wasn't trying to do too much, he was just taking what kind came to him and that he was, he got really hot. Like that translated into 20 points in 21 minutes. And that's something that like, you know, gear obviously said, you're not going to get that every night, but can you, can you get, uh, if he plays, you know, 16 to 20 minutes a night in your rotation, can he be a, a 10 point a game scorer uh, as a rookie or somewhere in that range, because it's just what happens naturally with within the flow of the offense that's that's something that I think is really uh, encouraging and maybe you know it could give him an advantage to hop into the rotation a little bit a little bit sooner than some other guys because he really again he's playing the guy who's playing in front of him right now is Justin Holiday Justin Holiday also new to the Nuggets. Like we haven't necessarily seen how he fits within the flow of this offense, uh, and whether or not he's going to be able to pick it up right away. Like we we know that's a struggle for new Nuggets players. It's a bigger struggle when guys come over at the trade deadline, as we saw with Reggie Jackson last season. Uh, but you know, classically, whether it's been Paul Millsap, Reggie Jackson. Aaron Gordon, like when those guys get to Denver and those first few games, first dozen to two dozen games that they play in Nicola in the Nikola Jokic system, like it, it's clunky. It just inevitably is because nobody else is playing that way uh, in the NBA. So to see Strother pick it up as a rookie and, and and again it's only one game. So like, yeah, let's let's not overreact. He could look he could look absolutely terrible uh, here against the Bulls, but in that first game like I said, most probably the most um, most encouraging thing that I saw uh, out of out yeah. of him. What do you think? What do you think it is about Justin Holliday that that's got him in? Because like he was by and large not very good last year. So like, is it just because he's the vet and that's why like Malone's going to lean on him first, or do you think like there's like uh, like is is he truly the best uh, the best wing they have off the bench right now, other than the Christian Brown?
1: It's it's he's the vet. I mean, I mean, this this is the most. I mean, for people who have uh, have been Malone pilled, you uh, you know that he likes vets and he has trust guys. Yeah. And he's got the last name Holiday, and that is going to lend itself to that. Now, I don't think. I mean, I I, I made fun of. I made fun of the deal when it happened. Like they got the least of the holiday brothers <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> after, after trying to trade for Drew holiday all the way back and uh, for years actually. And uh, then him getting traded in 2020, but I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't see like, look. this could be a Jeff green situation where Christian Christian Brown kind of got his opportunity via injury. Um, yeah. This could be another Jeff Green, you know, where he's just there to stabilize the ship. Um, I don't know exactly. I, I Ostensibly, I think it's defense that he's supposed to be bringing. So, you know, I don't think they need more of that necessarily in the second unit uh, that's offensively challenged. <laughs> so, right. I, i i don't know i mean oh it's a non-sequitur here that just occurred to me you know hunter tyson doesn't it seem like his name should be tyson hunter
0: oh definitely i will and uh it, it reminds me definitely of, mess that up of,
1: it reminds me of Orlandis gary i always thought his name should have been gary olandis
0: okay okay Okay, I mean I get that you know Gary's first name is a little bit confusing, no doubt, no doubt. Um, <laughs> Tyson.
1: Way, same thing. That is. Like, way, way. I'm not sure where way. you're
0: going with this, Jeff, but
1: let's <laughs> a, say way far back reference. Course, who look, running Broncos. back for the Denver Broncos back in the
0: shades first, of like late nineties, ninety nine, yeah. Because he came right after yes. Terrell Davis,
1: right? Oh wow! <laughs> well, anyway, that's a bit. That, that, did not a expect to but...
0: Gary to come up on this podcast,
1: I guarantee you, Gordon is listening to this. Going, well, I knew Jeff would do something like that. <laughs>
0: You're filling in great for Gordon. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. He, the king of derailments. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I don't have many takes on Hunter Tyson versus Tyson Hunter. I did say. Uh, the other night, I was like, I am guaranteed to call them to say the names Jalen Strother and Julian Pickett at least two dozen times <laughs> over the course of the season.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, this just, is what happens when you have so many, so many uh, first, you know, rookies and first-year players on this team, and like even Peyton Watson didn't play last year until the end. So it's like. It's like you're you're gonna have to re, like train your brain to get used to all these players. You know they aren't free agents, so he's like, okay, this guy's from, the guy from Clemson, the 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 guy uh, from Clemson with the the nail pattern baldness.
0: Um... <laughs> the guy from Clemson who looks like that guy from Syracuse that we drafted a few years back. Uh, that was terrible, but don't worry, this guy will definitely not be the same. <laughs> That's, I mean, honestly, like I mean if right. you the old the uh, Hunter Tyson, Tyler Lydon, Ty- Tyler Lydon yeah. comparisons. Yeah, they are not, they are not lost on me. Uh,
1: were you in the media room when
0: I was, that is one went. of my favorite moments of covering this team um, is actually the 2017 NBA draft. Because to watch that all kind of happen in real time. Um was funny, And then, so funny because I guess we can we move on to our, our Bulls talk, too, since they're uh, our opponent, next opponent. But so I, we were going to talk a little bit about Arturis. Uh, so that is the year that Arturis gets made GM, right? Because he's, uh, they promoted Tim Connolly And we know they had to because Arturis was getting wooed by either like Milwaukee or Brooklyn, I think it was. And so they basically had to promote him oh, to keep him. Yep. So, yeah. So then they just promoted like the entire staff, right? Every promotion's all around. It's like Oprah. Uh, giving out promotions um so Arturis is now now the GM though even though you know Tim Connolly is still kind of in charge but so they uh, for that that is the press conference that's like Arturis's first like press conference as GM uh and I remember asking him because we were all wondering uh you know why why did you draft it OGN and Obi? uh or, or and then of course they got uh, probably wanted to draft him but got the side him one one pick earlier I remember asking our tourists, like if there was a player, you know, I, I didn't say OG specifically, but you know what I was talking about. I said, if there's a player that, that everybody liked who's available at 13 that you thought maybe you could get at 24, um, but you knew he was a player you wanted. Why not just take him at 13? Uh, and our tourists gave me like a very revealing answer and talked about like how, you know, it would have been a room divided and they didn't want to do that. And so ultimately, you know, uh, they had to make the decision. They made the decision to, to move forward uh, the way they did, and I, it always just when it look back it takes me back. I was like, you basically just said like you and, and and I would assume you and Tim were like not in agreement on who you were going to draft uh, there at 13, and you got overridden by Tim. Was was I mean at least that's what I read. I was like, it's a very very revealing answer uh, for his. And I, I don't know yeah, if I was... would have got that had it not been his first press conference, you know. And, Maybe a little bit green
1: under oh, the gills there. Artur- you know, Art yeah, this is like good 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 uh, good transition for uh, to for Arturus because to the bulls, because Arturas is one of my favorite people I have ever covered uh with the Denver Nuggets. Um he used to just drop me info that I out of nowhere and uh he I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Before they promoted everyone, standing in the hallway at Pepsi Center. Our tourist comes down, and I used to uh, Nate Timmons and I used to talk to to uh, him about the MMA training he used to do and uh, all this other stuff. And uh, he loved living in South, lived in the South suburbs, and he, he loved living down there he comes up to me says hey how you doing and i was just standing in the the bowels of pepsi center just on my phone and i said oh Arturas, how you doing man so we made small talk well as much small talk as Arturis would ever give and and he says yeah man i really don't want to leave denver man my family likes it here and uh my kids like it here and yeah i just really don't want to leave and I looked, at, and by the way, there was no—that's exactly how it happened. There was no context leading up to that. Hmm. And I went, "Okay," <laughs> I said, uh, "Do you think there's a possibility?" And he looked down at me because I'm short. Well, and, he's also ridiculously tall? Uh, yes, right. So the you know the disparity there is pretty large. <laughs> and he and he goes and he shrugs and he walks away. And I went, oh my god, he's he been seriously wooed by by by, and I think it was the 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 Brooklyn Nets at that point. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh my god, our is getting like, and it was like two days later, two three days later, they they promoted everyone in the in the front
0: office. It's insane.
1: God, <laughs> it? that came up to me. He just dropped that on me.
0: That uh, yeah, I mean, I like I said that that tracks with my experience with our tourists as well, right? Like just shockingly, like wow, that was like you know, I mean, it, because uh, obviously these guys are so so well trained and and understand the media and the, the game that's being played there. Like you know, they always, I mean, oh, like listen, I've I've had some stuff like you know stuff that Tim Connolly's told me that I, I like would would never share with anybody because when 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 he told it to me, it was very 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 clearly off the record you know uh, but like those mm-hmm. moments like that where you're like wait did he did he just like tell me something that like you know maybe i probably shouldn't know and <laughs> just and then just walked away like that yeah that that tracks for for Arturus for sure well i
1: was just like i was just i was just standing there i, I like i and Arturus, i have a great relationship and i used to talk to him on the court all the time and all that stuff and I, you know, I would never give you anything off the record that he ever, I mean, give anyone publicly off the record anything he would have said to me back then until it's like years and years and years later. But this was like 2017, and so yes. like six years ago, and he's got a new job, so I'm not worried about it. And this wasn't really off the record; it was just him dropping something on me and walking away. <laughs> and I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. And that's always the weird thing about when you when you hear something and you're like, well, that what was it off the record was it on the record like like I said there are things like that I've been told where the people have looked me in the eye and said, "Hey, this is off the record," you know, it made it very clear. Mm-hmm. Um and then then mm-hmm. told me their their crazy ideas, but um the uh I remember when wilson Chandler um this was this was at the end of a uh, a game a tough game right after a trade deadline uh, <laughs> right right as the the uh, press car, or you know all the pressers have ended up this is back when we still did interviews in the locker room um, and there's only a few of us left in, uh, from the media in the locker room and Wilson Chandler's out of nowhere just just as loud as he can say it without being shouting. I um, it's like, they should have traded my ass. And we all look at each other and we're <laughs> like, uh, did, he just, did he just say what I thought he said? <laughs> uh, and then, you know, and then so that was immediate. Like I had to go. Uh, Adam was the site manager at the time. I had to text him like, hey, Wilson Chandler just said this, but he didn't say it directly to anyone. Like, well, what do you think? Uh, and we decided not to go with it. Somebody else did go with it and then uh, was reprimanded by by the Nuggets for it. But um, I clearly those. that was <laughs> off the record um, <laughs> but yeah those are the things that's like it's, it's difficult that when you're when you're uh you know in there and you're getting access because you're not you get you get access that like some of the access you can use and talk about publicly some of the access is really only they're only giving you to just kind of help you out and let you have a more informed opinion you know of, of what's going on and uh walking that fine line man it's a um it's probably the most stressful thing uh, I, that we have to do cuz really after that that i mean there's uh, i mean this job is if you want to call it that is <laughs> it's, there's they really it should not be that stressful uh, but but yeah i always i always struggle with that
1: well i i just i i defaulted to never reporting it and then i could tell the right. stories later and that's really the truly the way i did cuz i wasn't i wasn't ever going to break news i'd had no interest in that and um i I never did that sort of thing because it's just like that's not per that's that's I, I much prefer telling stories. And I had a great relationship speaking of Wilson. I had a great it's one of my another one of my favorite Deborah nuggets. I mean, I loved Wilson. Wilson was uh, a one of a kind dude, extremely thoughtful man, extremely and just I mean, you could tell there was layers to Wilson that that just you yeah. know there's some there's 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 jocks, there's people who played in basketball all their life, and then there's just guys who just think on a different level and that was Wilson and he's one of my favorite players uh our Car- uh, 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 tourists loved Wilson, and i uh you know he's i think I think he's the type of guy that our, our would like to have on the bowls. You know, and he's a little tired. It's very much it. uh. But, I mean, Arturas built that Bulls team, and I always wonder if Lonzo Ball didn't get hurt. You know? What does this like, team look like?
0: I was writing this is in my preview for, for the game of tomorrow. Um, I kind of feel like Arturis is in, the, in a very similar spot to who he was when he first came with the Nuggets, where he's, like, got this roster of dudes who, like, you think like maybe should be able to compete, but re- when, when the rubber hits the road, it's like, yeah, they're, they're not really close to being, to in what you need. And like, it does it. I mean, I don't know. Like if I'm the bulls, like and in the Lonzo ball thing. Yeah. Obviously throws a huge wrench in everything. Um, but like, if I'm the bulls, like, why are you not trading Zach Levine and, and Vucevic and, and these other guys for, for picks and, and whatever you can get for them because like i don't think i don't think you're getting any further with this roster uh you know demar Derozan. uh i don't think these guys are taking you any further than than where they did last year which is essentially right. you're you're a playing you know a playing tournament team
1: yeah it's it, i i mean i i feel for him because it's like i i like he has to like, work for jerry right my... <laughs> yes the cheapest, <laughs> the cheapest owner who's won titles. It's that's mind-boggling, um. But it's what happens when you look into Michael Jordan. Um. But I I think that you know with Arturus, he's kind of like. I think I I understood, and I've always told this to to people, and that the, the, the Nuggets are going to be playing the 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 Bulls in this next preseason game, and the first time I saw that that team from two years ago that had Lonzo, uh, Alex Caruso, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan. This is the, this is a Arturnis Karnasova's team. He likes that kind of gritty, hard-nosed team, and that team was extremely good defensively. Extremely good. And... I, I you you see them when they miss Lonzo, and one of the things that Lonzo d- brings to that team is uh, competence with being able to distribute the ball, and uh, outside of his, his his very very good effort, and I think that team has been missing that, and you just can't find another player like that out there, and that has doomed this team to perpetual mediocrity. Which is really, I know it's frustrating for our tourists, and it's got to be frustrating for everyone there because that team looked a lot different when Lonzo Ball was healthy.
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, it is really one of these, one of the big omissions that I think a lot of people see this. I mean, and Lonzo Ball, and it's, it's unfortunate because you know whether it was with the Lakers, uh, the Pelicans, or the Bulls, like he's just never been healthy. That's always been the issue with him. But, like, when he has those flashes you've got of him playing, it's not like you're just getting back, like, a solid point guard. Like, you're getting back legitimately a guy who could be uh, the top point guard in the league. Like, if if Lonzo Ball is healthy, he's, in my mind, like, the best pure point guard in the league, and it's not very close. Like, I don't even know who you, you would even say would be second if you still say old man Chris Paul or, you know, else like I, like the only other mind that comes to name that comes to mind is Monty Morris and he's definitely not nearly the player Lonzo ball is um and Monty Morris is a good player. So like having not having that level of guy that you clearly yeah would build a ton of your offense around. I mean that's uh, that's the guy who's supposed to initiate all of your offense not having him and trying to replace him with you know Kobe White Well, I think Kobe White's a good player uh but but not that same type of point guard. Uh, and then, you know, after him, after Kobe White, I don't even know, you know, really, if this team even has another true point guard. I mean, I guess Javon Carter, but uh, they don't really have, you know, true point guards even on this roster. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a uh, a huge thing. You know you know what just clicked for me right now is that Torrey Craig signed with the Bulls. And I was like, oh, that's interesting you, with the Bulls. And now though, as we've been talking about Arturis. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense
1: (laughs) yeah i i I mean uh i'll 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 give people this little thing here i think that the team the nuggets need to worry about this year is the minnesota timberwolves and it's not because of my relationship with tim i I, that team is built to counter the nuggets and they've got anthony edwards i that's the team of all the teams in the western conference the, the, the Timberwolves
0: are the one that I'm the most worried about. Really? The Timberwolves? Yeah. I uh, you know, I disagree because Carl uh, Anthony Towns is, does not strike fear into my heart. But oh. I will agree with you. I mean, Anthony Edwards is awesome. And, in, um, uh, you know, I mean, Rudy Gilbert is, is what he is. But he's, he's a guy that you could put next to another big, and, and I can see how that would work. Uh, against Jokic, my thing is just just Towns is I like I'm honestly surprised, and I wonder how long uh, how long before he gets traded because you know I, you look at you look at what the Timberwolves invested to get uh, Rudy Gobert it would be very difficult to move off of that you're not going to move off Anthony Edwards he's he's clearly the best player on your team so if I'm looking at like well how do I improve this team. To maybe get them over the hump. Like I don't know if, like I just don't know, is is Carl Anthony Towns the right guy to play, uh, to play the four, mm. uh, for that team, or or are you better off, you know, finding another scorer on the wings to pair with Anthony Edwards, um, and basically just getting another bruiser to to bang with Jokic and, and the other um, bigs of, of of the West. Because I mean, the Lakers are, are also going to be a team with some bigs that you're going to have to deal with.
1: Well, yeah, they got not, I mean, the the Wolves of Niles Reed, and I That's I, true. I think he is he is a serviceable guy, and sometimes you just need serviceable. The Lakers, I don't know. I I, 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 yeah.
0: I mean, I have the same They're questions kind of, about Carl Anthony Towns that I have those same questions about you know Christian Wood and uh you yes. know whoever else the yes. Lakers are bringing out there. I can think uh, Jackson Hayes, though different questions about Jackson Hayes. Jackson
1: i mean mean, look at that i mean they're they're good
0: they're
1: they're going to try to do the dwight howard anthony davis thing again
0: you know what? and that's so many teams are going to try that though because that is the last thing that truly worked against a full strength nuggets team was let's take Mm -hmm. my uber talented big and then let's put just a bully next to him um and and make work and you're right i mean carl anthony towns is supposed to be your uber talented big rudy gobert the bully next to him I just, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis, I think there's a difference there, and also uh, Rudy Gobert, I mean Dwight Howard is obviously not as good of a player as Rudy Gobert is, but for a matchup against Jokic, yeah, I don't know that Rudy Gobert is better than Dwight Howard.
1: Well, I mean all Dwight Howard did was foul Jokic. That's, ex- <laughs> That's perfect. The extent of what he did was foul him and annoy him, and it worked. I don't know if 2023, Jokic is the same. Going to be able. That's, to and that's a fair point. Too. But you know, I mean, I, it's just it's one of those things. that The Lakers don't strike the fear into me either. Uh, I think I think there's a little bit of maybe the Suns, but the Suns are. I mean, that, that's a talk that 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 is the 1988 uh, Denver Nuggets right there. <laughs> the, it's, it's, they are all.
0: win 120 to 117 every night.
1: Yes, they are. Bunch of mid-range shots.
0: problem with the Suns is uh, you've got Yusuf Nurkic uh, defending Nikola Jokic, who Yusuf Nurkic has shown many times in the past he will struggle with foul trouble uh, against Nikola Jokic, or just in general. Mm -hmm. And also that he struggles to stay healthy. uh, And then the Suns literally have, I mean, Drew Eubanks is like your next center off the bench, if you want to call him a center. Like, the Suns are going to struggle. Uh, they're they're pinning a lot of hopes on on Nurkic, and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if those those hopes are well placed. It's interesting though that you say Minnesota is, is the biggest uh, the biggest threat because um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I can see it from a sense of if it works out, it's just it's just going to take it's going to take more to convince me that Towns is the right guy. Uh, to be to be essentially your second star on that team because i'll tell you this when they played when the timberwolves played the lakers uh in the play-in game and i watched that game i said that i 100 want the timberwolves then go beat oklahoma city the next night after they lost i was like because i want that timberwolves team and like yes some of it had to do with that Rudy Gobert was like punching his teammates and they were breaking their hands. As they were punching walls in the back uh, in the locker room. Uh, so that that did play a part of it. But the other thing that played a part of it, too, was like watching down the stretch of that game uh, against Lakers, that playing game. And like Carl Anthony Towns absolutely wanted nothing to do with any sort of crunch time shy. Like he mm-hmm. was he basically take. Got the ball and immediately was like, who am I passing to this? Because I don't want to. I don't want to rise to this moment. And I was like, okay. Like the only way these guys are going to even have a chance against the Nuggets is if Anthony Edwards just plays out of his mind. And Anthony Edwards did for a little bit there, play out of his mind, and, and and it wasn't enough. But yeah, I mean, like I said, for me it's Towns, and I just don't know if he's if he's the guy or not.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I get it. No, I, I completely, that's completely valid. Uh, he's my one of my least favorite basketball players um i i have i watch a lot of nba as have you and i mean he's right up there with you know rony cycley as one of the threats. it's like i don't like you i don't like your game i don't know i don't know why you're there just i i just it's just not appealing to me and he's 100% there but everything else on that team is just built to built to counter the nuggets and I think they're the ones because of Tim. Obviously, they're the ones who kind of know about that sort of thing. The other teams kind of done it stupidly, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the Warriors are going to be interesting because the Warriors always give the Nuggets fits, and with Chris Paul coming there, I'm uh, I I don't know what he's going to be doing, but uh, that's going to be interesting. Well, you, you weren't getting into it, wanting to get into a uh, who Jeff thinks is going to be difficult for the <laughs> Nuggets'
0: discussion, but, but anyway. Hey, it's, I'm I'm up for it. I'm up for it. I do want to. I, I do want to though, uh, as we are starting to run up because of time here. Though I gotta, I gotta ask you, uh, who is your your least favorite basketball player?
1: Oh man, there's been a lot of them. <laughs> um, Kyle Lowry. I've never liked.
0: Kyle Lowry. Really?
1: Okay. I really disliked him when he was on the Rockets. Really disliked him. Okay. And I, I, for whatever reason, he rubbed me the wrong way. And I think it's the whole, he's one of those small agitators. And I've to those guys. I, I, and I think that that's probably what got there. I mean, I know that's a weird one. Other than that, my...
0: Say Kyle Lauer is my, good. At least, so.
1: Yes, he's good. A bad player who not a bad player? I'm I'm going to be basic here and show my age again. But my uh, hands down, my least favorite player of all time is is Bill Laimbeer. Yeah, hated that guy. I could not stand watching him play. He was so dirty. Or and John Stockton. John Stockton was the dirtiest player I have ever seen in my life. He yeah, a, he did. He would he would he did the the uh, Bruce Bowen thing before Bruce Bowen. He would put his foot under a guy who's shooting a shot. Right. He would do these back screens to someone's kidney, and I just oh my god, don't get me started on him.
0: There's a lot of I think there's a lot of Stockton hate that just gets bred in you too as a Nuggets fan because uh, he he mm-hmm. kicked her ass for a good a good portion there in the nineties. I remember I remember he set the uh, he broke Magic Johnson's record uh against the nuggets and man like those mm-hmm. those scorekeepers in that game <laughs> stockton would take like 12 dribbles uh wait for like three seconds and then pass the ball to carl malone and he did a shot you know he'd do like a couple of uh post moves and then make a shot then the scorekeeper's like oh yeah that's an assist count it you know it's like it, that assist took like 20 seconds to play out i don't know if, but uh that was just that was where it's they were that
1: generous time
0: very generous yeah i uh i hear you on those guys uh i mean i guess i never really thought about kyle lowry as uh at least for my least favorite for sure is going to be enos Cantor. like it's oh the whole
1: hell yeah, yeah, yeah
0: the whole tweeting i mean he's uh, just a,
1: just in general
0: <laughs> tweeting the refs like that's that's a new level of yeah and like just in, like in general like enos Cantor is uh or sorry enos freedom like, freedom, gosh, yeah. Just the whole, yeah, just the whole thing is just abrasive. <laughs> uh, I can't handle it. He's <laughs> oh, he's man. definitely way up on my side. I was guess I was gonna think like an old school guy. He brought up a good one, Bruce and Like, man, uh, you know, I the thing is, he's a great player, and I actually have a ton of respect for him. But Manu Ginobili drove me nuts. Uh, oh, yeah. He, uh, I mean, I also credit him with like being the one who made flopping like mainstream in the NBA because uh, he was really one of the very first guys to do i mean like james harden took what manu ginobili did and just like you know when when in tenfold on it but like that it man is the first guy i can remember who like legitimately was like flopping to get calls um, so but but i can respect remember the, like, that very good
1: you remember that gif that that you used to float around of uh, him and uh raja bell flopping at the same time yes <laughs> <laughs> or was it Barbosa. but it was yeah you're right you're I right it was yeah, Leandro, it was, it was, but they i thought that yeah you they, might they they just, they, one of those he I mean, was guys. one of those guys there was someone on the suns yeah and they would they flopped simultaneously and it was just glorious to see i mean someone on the stiffs uh comment session is going to remember this and, and and try to find it but i you know, remember it circulated on stiffs back in you know 13 years ago just the, the simultaneous flop is and it went glorious. Absolutely glorious. It's, it's it it represents Manu Ginobili in such a such such a way that Nuggets fans see him.
0: Ooh. You know who else I really hated, Jeff, and this one's just gonna chap your ass. John freaking Starks. As a oh, uh, I love John Starks. Of course he did. As a nineties Bulls fan, though. Um
1: Oh, freaking yeah, Joe! I love Starks. that. I mean, Starks that left-handed dunk over uh, Horace Grant in Game Two of the Eastern Conference Finals in 1993. And then what and, happened, uh, Jeff? And
0: then what happened?
1: Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> A char- Charles Smith missed missed four easy layups, and uh yes, I I, I still have nightmares about Game Five in. In, in 1993 nightmares about that And that, they're that's not rough. even my favorite team that. that's
0: uh although yeah, I,
1: that's... I, I i do if you want to have read a good book man um chris herring's blood in the garden book is great okay it's about the 90s next
0: well, yeah, i'll definitely pick it up because i uh you know as uh yeah it looks, i mean i was a 90s bulls fan so um the Knicks in my eyes were very clearly like their biggest rival. You know, everybody talks about like, it's kind of funny. And it's maybe because that was more the eighties. Uh, everybody talks about that. The Bulls team as a, uh, you know, the Pistons is their big rival, but to me it was always the Knicks. Um, Cause in the nineties, it was like, that's the team they, they had to go through in the playoffs every year. So, um, so those, John fights. and they were too. Yeah. I mean, like those were two very, very tough, very physical teams. Um, and it was really, in a lot of ways, like, you kind of knew, like, whoever whoever came out of the East between the Knicks and the Bulls, like, that was probably, or you know, at least in the early 90s before uh, you know, the, when the Knicks finally started getting getting to the championships, that's when the, the Tim Duncans and Shaq and the, the Lakers were, were a thing. But um, in that early 90s, you kind of knew, it was like, either either the Knicks or the Bulls, whichever one comes out of the East is probably going to beat the Portland freaking Trailblazers. That's for sure.
1: Do you remember that brawl between uh, Derek Harper and a forget the guy on bulls like in the playoffs in front of David Stern <laughs> like literally right in front of David Stern Don't massive goal that. 1994 and that's the that's the series where uh, uh Phil Jackson drew up the play for uh Tony Kukoc to uh, get the game winning shot and uh uh Scottie pippen refused to check
0: in said absolutely freaking not
1: <laughs> which so many, hey good for scotty i got i got so many memories of it He's... so many memories of like 94 was my jam that was that that year was, was i remember every playoff series very vividly
0: that's the year they 94 they make it and lose to houston right in the uh finals
1: yep uh Starks had the game winning shot lined up and Hakeem Olajuwon like literally with his fingernail gets his gets, uh, on this in this shot from Starks uh in game six and uh basically saved the series for the the Rockets and uh won them they, they won game seven so
0: mm. That was a, yeah, that was a uh, that was a, a rocket scene that had no wasn't supposed to be there, right? I think they were like a six seed. That was the next year.
1: That okay. was the yeah, that was the next year against the the magic.
0: Oh man. We could we could spend an entire or, podcast uh, just
1: talking about Yes, yeah, okay. I, 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 I will I will stop my, <laughs> will stop my about the night.
0: No, we should do that podcast, but we are we are basically like I said out of time for tonight. So you know what? I'm gonna mm-hmm. We'll go ahead. We will wrap it there. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. Jeff is J Morton at J Morton 78 or don't follow us on Twitter. If you don't want to, Um, I'm not going to twist anybody's arm. I'm at Zach Mekosh at Denver stiffs at mile high sports. Uh, Make sure you guys are getting out there, giving us a follow. We always appreciate that. And otherwise, Jeff, I always appreciate anytime I can get you on the pod, sir.
1: Of course, anytime. And, uh, I need to have you on uh, CSG
0: again. Yeah, anytime. In a while. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be there. Maybe let me uh, get a few people hired on staff here first, though. So My entire life is I, dominated do that. Yeah, by this <laughs> thing. <laughs>
1: get some of those people who can uh, get those game previews out.
0: That's it. That's it. Somebody's got to get on this preview and recap, grind. <laughs> Good Lord. All right, everybody. Well, we will. Oh, I don't know when I'll talk to everybody next uh probably do something over the weekend but uh except it was jeffrey morton exactly gosh we will talk to you guys soon